Welcome back to the Acacia Covered podcast. Uh, Brent Maycock here along with my colleagues, Mac Moore, Scott Pask, and Ricky Peterson. And it's been about a month since we've uh, since we last came to you. And in that time, lo and behold, we're almost halfway through uh, our winter sports season, uh, especially uh, basketball, wrestling, swimming, um, bowling, just getting started. But those uh, those other three sports really are uh, about halfway through uh, and by the time we get to our next podcast, we'll be ready to maybe start talking about some postseason wrestling and swimming. But, uh, you know, the winter seems to fly by. You know, it jumps on us pretty quickly coming out of the state uh, high school football championship games. And, and we dive right into the winter season. And now here we are almost halfway through. And, guys, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a pretty good basketball season so far. Uh, Let's just kind of go through each area, maybe some teams that have, have really stood out, maybe some surprises from, from each area. Uh, we'll go ahead and start up, up in Kansas City, southeast Kansas area with Mac. Uh, what's uh, what's jumped out at you from your area? Well, definitely for uh, boys and girls. I was going to start with boys, but boys and girls basketball. Blue Valley North uh, has just uh, been on a, a tear to start the season, although it's hard to figure out uh, how they're going to stack up with uh, the rest of the top teams because they've both just been on this Missouri Barnstormers tour. Uh, I, I think uh, the boys team has had two games uh, that were against Kansas competition. The girls uh, first nine games will be against Missouri teams and uh, they're not picking the bottom of the barrel. They're getting some, some pretty good ones from uh, the other side of the state line, but uh, to, go 15 and 0 to this point between the two uh just if not dropped a game they looked really really good and uh it, it, especially looking at the girls team where uh Blue Valley North is just filled with sophomores so uh they're this good and they look like they could be this good for a few years uh you got uh Jeliah Davis uh leading the way with 18.7 points per game uh, she's averaging a double double as uh, ten rebounds a game as well. Uh, you got uh, Audrey Shaw. Uh, you got or Aubrey Shaw, excuse me. Uh, she's got thirteen points a game and about eight rebounds. Uh, then they got uh, Logan Parks. If you know her from volleyball, she's pretty good on the basketball court too. She's got about uh, five points a game. Uh, and then you got Nyla Hale. Uh, as the the sole senior that's kind of leading them, uh, but they got you know three more sophomores in the rotation, so uh, it, it's a team that you'll look to have a pretty good chance to to do some damage come postseason time. Also, good chance that this is uh, the the team that other Kansas six A programs are going to have to reckon with for the the next couple years. Uh, but going back to boys and going to 6A, uh, I got to go out and watch Olathe West, number one ranked team in 6A, and they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They were taking on uh, an Olathe uh, North team. Both were undefeated at the time. I think Olathe North was uh, four in the rankings when that one happened, and that was a, a battle from, from start to finish. And uh, Harrison Kissling, uh, he, he could just pull up from from anywhere. Uh, he can he can drive uh, drive and kick. Uh, he can he can score at the rim. Uh, he got himself to the free throw line a lot, which ended up being the difference in the game for them. Uh, and and 
going forward, uh, you know, seeing who, uh, how they match up with these other teams, uh, will, will be pretty interesting. Cause, uh, you know, talking, uh, with their coach Bradley ball, he, he told me that as good as they've been, uh, they've yet to really have a game where everybody kind of got their shots going. Uh, they leaned on Kissling uh, in that game. He had five three-pointers uh, and, and and got them through it to, to end up winning 68-64 uh, and, and, and hold on to that one and, and stay undefeated. But uh, even that one just, uh, you know, they, they made the difference at the line but weren't shooting great outside of Kissling's performance. And they're hoping they start getting some games where everybody is clicking. And so if if – what they're doing right now is not their fullest potential. Uh, expect to see Olathe West be uh, a contender when we get to the, the end of the, the season. Um, and, and you know, they, as you start moving down, you got some, some obvious ones of, you know, 4A, uh, Miege does Miege things. Uh, although they, they did get bumped in the, the rankings with McPherson. So it'll be interesting to hear from uh, – from Ricky about what they're doing. Cause we, we know Miege is, is, is the, the standard. They're the ones that are the team to beat. And it'd be interesting to see if McPherson can be the one that gets back in there and kind of knocks them off that pedestal. Yeah. Miege, uh, and obviously the girls making a transition without uh, the late Terry English in charge of them anymore. And uh, off to a good start as well. Um, you know, moving over to my area in North central Kansas, uh, you know, got some really good uh, boys teams. Highland Park boys were state qualifiers last year. They've moved up to number one. Uh, not much of a surprise. They've moved uh, from the Centennial League over to the Meadowlark Conference this year and really haven't been tested. But they'll get a test uh, coming up here at, in the midseason tournament when they'll uh, they'll be in grouped in with uh, Topeka West, which is uh, also having a very solid campaign on the boys. Uh, Washburn Rural under new coach uh, Alex Hutchins, who was at, at Hayes, Last year, off to a strong start, uh, really playing well. And then you got to go down, uh, down classifications. Three A Southeast Saline Sabetha, both from uh, both from the Central Kansas area, both off to undefeated starts, and really been impressive. Neither one's really been challenged much. Sabetha had an early test against uh, against Marysville, but other than that, they've really run through their Big Seven, which is always a tough slate. And, Southeast Saline, I think, you know, that's the team everybody kind of thought would be the team to beat maybe in three A this year. Uh, them and Heston would be, you know, kind of one and two uh, throughout the most of the year. And Heston's ranked third right now in the KBCA rankings. But Southeast Saline just returned everybody that was pretty much a key contributor off last year's team off to a very solid start. Uh, and then, you know, three A going down. So Beth, like I said, really good. Osage City's having a fine year. Uh, got knocked off the other night by Chase County, um, or nope, they knocked off Chase County, uh, and uh, they play uh, they'll play Linden tonight in what should be a really good game in the Flint Hills League. Uh, and that league tournament coming up next week will be a, a good battle with some of the top teams in that league. Moving down to two A, Linden, what I just talked about, they're undefeated after being at state last year, a top four team at state a year ago. Lost their top two scores from last year, two other top three scores. I'm sorry from last year, but have really reloaded under Michael Massey and having a strong season. We'll go down to, to class one, a boys and, you know, Clifton Clyde's boys doing really well in the, uh, in the twin Valley league, you know, that, that league tournaments next week, always a great tournament, but 
Clifton Clyde, Blue Valley Randolph, uh, Centralia, Hanover, Axtell, all in that league, and all all teams that are ranked uh, this year in the in the either one A Division one or one A Division two. So, um, you know that league's loaded again. Olpe, two time defending state champion, undefeated this year. Again, haven't really been tested. Um, lost some really really good dudes off that team from a year ago, and Damon Redeker and Derek Holting and guys like that, but. Uh, Chris Schmidt just builds a winner down there and, and they just keep on rolling and their league tournament will come up in two weeks and, uh, you know, they're going to be a favorite to win that. So, uh, flipping over to the girls side, you know, that's a lot of the, a lot of the usual suspects, but, uh, Topeka Siemens girls were undefeated and then got knocked off in double overtime on Tuesday night by Baser Linwood. Uh, Seaman had rise, risen to number one in class 5A girls, uh, off to a really good start, really hadn't been pushed yet by, by anyone this year, but uh, got a battle from Baser Linwood and, and uh, in a bit of a shocker, Baser got him in double overtime. So a big win for Baser, which had already lost three games going into that one. Uh, so that leaves Emporia and Carroll, Bishop Carroll and Hutchinson is the only undefeateds left in class 5A. And Scott will talk a little bit about Carroll and Hutchinson, but Emporia girls off to a, a strong start. They lost their leading scorer, Gracie Gilpin from a year ago, but uh, Rebecca Snyder is a, has been a workhorse inside for them, a younger sister of uh, Charles Snyder, who was a great player for Emporia's boys uh, a few years back. And so uh, Carolyn Dorsey's really got Emporia playing some some good basketball. They'll they'll get a good test when they get uh, with some upcoming uh, Centennial League games. They got Washburn Rural they haven't faced yet. And Washburn Rural knocked off Topeka High the other night in a tight game. That, those games are always great battles. Um, Emporia has already beaten Topeka High as well, so Emporia Rural coming up here in the next week or so uh, will be a good good game, but good game to go catch. And uh, you know, moving down, Wamigos girls have been extremely impressive in Class 4A, just dominating everybody. Uh, not a surprise, uh, you know, a lot of those girls were on their state championship golf team. A lot of the girls have played on the team that won state uh, state softball a couple of years back, so they've just got a really good core group of girls uh and they're playing well in class 3a silver lakes undefeated nemaha central's undefeated uh both playing really really well uh you know silver lake will be down at the burlington invitational nemaha central will play uh, in a tournament next week but uh, those two have been kind of right up in the class of 3a along with goodland and phillipsburg and and some of those teams uh down in class uh another team in, in 3a that's made some noise earlier this year at Atchison County uh, ended Jackson Heights girls 51 game league winning streak last week. Um, so a very big win, you know, Atchison County had lost to Heights twice in league play each of the last few years, both those, all those losses coming to Jackson County. So they kind of finally picked them off and uh, hit seven three pointers in the third quarter of that game to really turn that game in their favor. So Atchison County girls off to a, to a great start uh, and, and they'll be a team in three a that'll be kind of, kind of one to keep an eye on in the same sub-state as Nemaha Central. Uh, Jackson Heights will still be a force in 2A. They've got a great one-two punch in Canyon Olberding and Kaylee Thompson, and and they uh, they shouldn't fall off very far. Riverside girls having a very nice year off to the best start in school history uh, this season. Took a loss the other night against Nemaha Central, which isn't isn't a bad loss at all, but uh, Riverside behind Taylor Weiser really playing some some good basketball. Won a Little River girls, Clifton Clyde's girls, undefeated, looking very impressive. Madison's been a nice story early part of the season under Bill Neinstedt. Gets back into head coaching 
after having great runs at Emporia and Lebo, uh, two-time champion at Lebo, and then really good at Emporia as well. Uh, Madison, under nine step, just suffered their first loss to Lebo, which is ranked number two in, in Division II, uh, Class 1A Division Two, undefeated and just, just steamrolling people. Lebo's been very good. Um, they're right behind Hanover. Those two programs battled for the state volleyball championship, and it looks like they might be on a collision course for uh, state basketball. So those are some of the teams from North Central Kansas region that are having some really, really nice years. And um, Scott down in Wichita, we've talked about some of the undefeated teams down there, and you've got a, you've got a bevy of talent down there. Yeah, you had mentioned Hutchinson uh, being one of the unbeaten girls teams in 5A. Actually, their boys team is unbeaten as well. And it's kind of a, a neat little story unfolding in Reno County with, with both Hutchinson's boys and girls undefeated. And then down at Haven, Haven's boys and girls are also undefeated. Uh, so uh, not sure that was totally expected on, on either end, uh, but uh, uh, a neat little story developing, you know, when you can reach mid-January with, with, with uh, records like that. Uh, uh, no, no blemishes yet. That's that's saying something for for boys and girls programs. So that's kind of a uh, you know kind of where the spotlight is starting to fall here in, in South Central Kansas. But uh, uh, also uh, you know just starting with the boys side, uh, you'd mentioned Highland Park taking over the top spot in five A. Uh, down here in five A, boys kind of right behind them is it's kind of shaping up like the football. 5A race was last year where there's just so much talent, such a variety of teams that, uh, that really bring something to the table. And, and uh, you know, there's five, five Wichita area teams ranked in that top 10 in, in 5A, uh, you know, starting with number two, Capen. Uh, Steve X got his team off to 7-0 start. 7-0 start. Um, they've got two uh, pretty good tests before they enter the, the El Dorado Blue Stem Classic next week. They'll play uh, at Wichita Northwest Friday night and then then their first meeting of the season with Wichita Heights next Tuesday. So, uh, Capen, Capen's seven and zero, but but uh, those that mark will be put to the test here uh, real quick. Uh, Hutchinson's right behind uh, Capen at number three. They're seven and zero, and and we'll talk a little bit more about the Dodge City Tournament of Champions. They're heading out there uh, next week, uh, and that's that seven and zero mark actually has kept them on the other side of the bracket from two really good uh, Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One counterparts. Uh, one of which is fifth-ranked May South in 5A. They're 6-1. and one. Uh, Hutchinson defeated May South, gave May South its lone loss. May South was the number one team uh, through for much of December. And, and uh, so that, that Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One is really shaping up to, to be a, a dogfight going into the, the later part of the season. Uh, at number eight in, in 5A is Andover Central, and they've been led by uh, Kobe Smith, their, lone, their two lone losses are both the ranked teams in Derby and May South. Uh, Smith last week scored 48 points and a win over Mays. That was a school record for the Jaguars. And then uh, came back with 24 the other night against Goddard. So uh, Andover Central's got a lot of firepower for a 6-2 and two team. And then right behind them is Andover, which is, uh, you know, they, they've just got a lot of veteran talent and, and uh, lost an early one in McPherson. But uh, – uh, a very dangerous team in, in 5A as well. So the 5A boys is really shaping up to, to, to I think, is going to produce some, some you know, really good sub-states uh, here down the stretch. Uh, in 4A, McPherson is number one, uh, as, uh, uh, as Mac had mentioned, and I had a chance to see them last week against Circle. They, they gave Circle uh, its lone loss and, and uh, you know, just a typical McPherson team. They play good defense. They've got a lot of – uh, you know, a lot of scores, uh, maybe not just the, the superstar that, 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 they, that they seem to always have, but uh, uh, 
uh, you know, last week in that game, we had circle, uh, uh, Gabe Pyle came off the bench, hit three threes in the third quarter and really got them going. Just showed that there's, there, you know, there's some, there's some depth there. Uh, that's, that's a very formidable team. Uh, seven and one, they've lost their one loss was uh, to Derby in early December. Um, and, and though they're going to host the, the McPherson tournament here next week and, and, uh, We'll, we'll take the number one seed into that. And then uh, Circle is right behind them at number four uh, in 4A. Uh, it's been a good a good start for the Thunderbirds, kind of building off. Although they don't have a lot of players from their football team, it's just been a good sports year for Circle. And, and uh, um, they're 7-1 heading to the Chaparral tournament next week. And and uh, Wellington, Wellington's kind of the surprise team maybe in, in 4A. At, at number eight, they're 7-2. and two. Uh, had a really good start in December. A little bit, little bit of a step back the other day against Collegiate, against Wichita Collegiate, but uh, um, Crusaders having one of their best seasons in over a decade. So uh, good depth in 4A down here in the boys. And then in 3A, uh, you've got two-time defending champion Heston that's setting at 6-1 and one, uh, right now and number three in, in the KBCA rankings. Uh, you know, they lost a lot off last year's team, but they, they brought back senior Jake Proctor and Proctor, uh, has kind of taken that leadership role and, and uh, uh, scored 36 points the other night again in a win over Lions. So uh, the Swathers have a good have a good core leader there on on that team and uh, collegiate. As I mentioned earlier, that they're, they're kind of a surprise. They've got you know the, uh, they're not playing this year with Wesley Fair, the the, the standout uh, football player who's who signed with K State and and uh, is is enrolling early up there. Uh, but the collegiate has found some young fill-ins to, to step up, and they're off to an 8-0 start. Uh, they'll be in the El Dorado Blue Stem Classic with Capen next week, so that will that could provide them with a, a real uh, litmus test for, for uh, you know, just, uh, you know, where they're at. They're certainly going to – they're going to ramp up the competition next week when they head to tournament play as well. And then uh, Haven, as I mentioned, is 8-0 and number five in 3A, and uh, they've got a game with Lions before they head to, to uh, the Hall Adolph Rupp Invitational next week, and they'll be the number one seed there. Uh, in Class Two A, uh, Wichita Independent, Independent, which made a you know its first state appearance uh, in a while last last year, uh, right now undefeated, number one in Class Two A. So they've uh, they've set the bar uh, pretty high for themselves. They're, they've got a win over uh, their, their wins include Mount Ridge, which is is number six in Two A. Ridge is part of a just a really deep part of America League this year with Bennington and Sterling and Inman who are all ranked in 2A. So, uh, you know, even so in that smaller class, you know, four of the ten ranked teams uh, in 2A come from the Wichita area. Uh, then in Class 1A Division One, Wichita Classical and Norwich have have found their way in the rankings, and and then uh, Class 1A Division Two Cunningham, which is coming off the six man football championship, uh, they're in the rankings at number seven. Uh, the girls' side, there's not as not as many teams sitting in the rankings right now, but you've got you got Derby and, and a surprise Wichita Southeast team sitting in six A right now. As you mentioned, Bishop Carroll and Hutchinson are undefeated in five A. Uh, they they're at fourth fourth and fifth in the rankings right now. And then Andover, who had high preseason expectations with Brooke Walker, they're at number six right now. They took a took a loss to McPherson earlier this year, but uh, have, have rebounded pretty nicely since then. Uh, in 4A, McPherson's girls are at number two. Uh, Wellington, number four, uh, after a great year last year. And then Andell, uh, number six. And those teams will face each other here soon and, and uh, uh, you know, kind of sort things out. Probably in Arc Valley Division, uh, or Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division four there. Uh, 
Uh, elsewhere, elsewhere the, the only number one team from the Wichita area right now is Berean Academy, and they're 9-0. and uh, They'll have a good test here tomorrow night uh, against Bennington, which is 7-2. and So uh, the Warriors had a, uh, you know, had a great season last year or last couple of years, and, and uh, uh, with some with Lily Beer kind of leading the way, they, they've um, reached this point of the season un, unscathed like they did last year. So uh, that's kind of how it's 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 breaking down. I, there's really some intriguing tournament matchups, and when we switch to that, uh, uh, you know, the, the Dodge City Tournament of Champions with the boys on the boys' side is one that that uh, I'll have a little bit to say about. But first, uh, we'll switch it over to Western Kansas. Ricky, what have you seen so far out uh, out there from your basketball teams? Yeah, on the on the boys' side, uh, Class One A Division Two is really intriguing. Uh, Greeley County's the defending champs. Um, they returned Jackson Brandle, who's probably one of the best small school players in the state. I mean, he well maybe one of the best players in the state. He was top five all state for us last year. Um, you know, Greeley County they probably had one of the most memorable moments in the state tournament last year, winning on a buzzer beater from Lincoln Schaefer uh, to beat Hanover. And, you know, they, they were kind of, they were kind of, everything was going great for them. And then they ran into a really good uh, Northern Valley team. First, first game back from break um, and Northern Valley avenged, you know, a semifinal state semifinal loss to Greeley County last year by, by beating a, by beating the Jackrabbits by about seven or eight points, I think. And, uh, you know, obviously they're going to be a team to watch. Uh, they lost a really good player in Bailey sides, but they return, return pretty much everything else. So, uh, you know, that, that mat, if, if those teams would meet again at state, that, that matchup would be a really, really fun matchup. Um, you know, kind of moving up uh, Colby, Colby has been a really a surprise team in, in class three, a, uh, Hunter Vaughn's a really good point guard, and and they're out to a, a nine and zero start. Um, Garden City, they're uh, you know Hayes has kind of been the team to to beat in the whack uh, the last couple of years, and uh, you know they lost, they were hit hard by graduation losses, so you know kind of an opening for a new team to kind of take control in the whack, and it, it looks like it could be Garden City because they're off to a really impressive undefeated undefeated start. Um, you know, kind of kind of moving along um and uh you know in 1a in 1a division one uh maxville the third 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 place team last year um ryan cuckelman's a really really good post post player for them uh really good football player as well i think they're kind of they're kind of looking to make some noise they're they're ranked number three in 1a division one and uh austin Obviously, Osborne's always Osborne's always seems like they're in the mix and they're they're uh, ranked eighth right now. But they could, I could also see them making a run. Uh, and then uh, in two A, uh, you know, TMP they've had a lot of success at the three A level, and this year they dropped down to two A. Um, they returned their big man in Dylan Worth um, and returned some other really solid players like Kate Harris. Uh, they're ranked number two in two A, so you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can really you know make some noise in two A. And I I, I kind of expect them to. I think they're they're a really solid team. Um, then Ellenwood, uh, Britt Dutton. If you haven't watched him play, he's maybe flying under the radar a little bit, but he's a really talented player has been his entire career for, for Ellenwood. Um, you know, he's off to a huge, huge start to his senior season. And that's a team that's kind of looking for a breakthrough year. And, 
you know, I, th- I think they can get that this year with the way with the way Dutton's playing. Um, you know, moving to the girls' side, um, Class Three A is just really really interesting to me. Goodland uh, is the defending champ. Uh, they did lose one one really good player off last year's team in Emma Lehman, but other than that, they returned everything. Uh, Telexa Weeders, a, a Fort Hay State uh, commit, and she's she's just a really really talented player. Um, and, uh, you know, they're off to an undefeated start, but Phillipsburg is off to an undefeated start as well. And Phillipsburg gave them everything they wanted in the, in the sub-state final last year. And there's a pretty good chance they can meet up again this year. Um, obviously Taryn sides, uh, one of the best players in the state for Phillipsburg. She's a K-State signee, comes from a, a great basketball history in her family. Um, and she's just, she can just really light it up. Just a tremendous player. And uh, the big the big thing for Phillipsburg is last year they were without Heather Heather Skimper, um, you know, a really good volleyball player who injured her knee, and they they missed her a lot last year. And this year she's just she's just playing really really well considering how long a layoff she had, and um, she's really made all the difference in the world for them. So three uh, A's three A's just really really intriguing intriguing to me. Um, kind of moving up to six A. Uh, Liberal uh, off to a really good start. They picked up um, their last three wins have been really good wins. They beat Hugoton, Garden, Garden City, and Hayes, um, and they're they're they have a really balanced they have a really balanced offensive attack. I think uh, Haley Contreras leads them with twelve point five points a game, but they, it just seems like they have a, a lot of girls that know how to do their job and and give them a lift. So um, you know they they're going to try to become contenders this year. Um, then, uh, kind of going down a little bit, um, in two way, uh, Hoxie, uh, they took a tough loss to TMP the other night, but they, uh, they're, they're off to a really encouraging start behind, uh, guard Josie Kennedy, um, a really solid player. Then, um, then Osborne, Osborne, um, you know they're they've been really good the last couple of years. Uh, made the state quarterfinals in each of the last two years. Um, you know, talking to their their coach Trina Luters uh, a few days ago. I mean, they feel like this is their time to to really do some damage. And so far, you know, they look like they're capable of that. Uh, guard uh, Trinity Luters, Luters is probably one of the best players in in the area and one of the best small school players in the state. Um, she's just been a really really good player her entire career. So. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how far how far she can take them and and what they're able to do this year. So, yeah, that, that I think that pretty covered pretty much covers it for me in Western Kansas. Yeah, a lot of great stories out there. A lot of a lot of real surprise teams uh, in the state this year, which is nice to see. You know, um, you know, Ricky going back to two A boys with Ellenwood. Uh, you know, I think Class Two A is wide open this year. Uh, Hillsboro has kind of struggled. You know, they're the two time defending state champions, but. They've already got three losses. Now, they'll be a factor when it's all said and done, I'm sure. But looking at two-A boys and girls, I mean, it, I, it's a good chance of having a new new champion this year. Uh, Sterling girls graduated everybody, and, and Jill Rowland is uh, having to re, uh, rebuild that thing. And it's, it's been a rough rebuild so far, but she'll get it going again. I mean, that's, that's what she does, but – uh, I think uh, you know two A will be a very wide open, uh, wide open tournament this year, and it's going to be interesting to see how how some things shake. And you know we'll start getting an idea of who who's legit with some of these these tournaments. And 
I love midseason tournament time, especially when you have these teams that travel across the state to, to really branch out and get out from their, their own areas. You know, you'll have a lot of league tournaments are cool, and, and I love league tournaments, and, and there's none better than like the Twin Valley League Tournament and the Lyon County League Tournament in terms of atmosphere and, and competition. I mean, those things, those tournaments, I've been to both. I finally got my first Twin Valley League Tournament experience last year. been to the Lyon County League Tournament multiple years. Uh, not as many as it's been going on since it's been going on for more than a hundred years, but, uh, I've been to, been to quite a few, maybe, a, maybe a quarter of them. So that's, that's quite a, quite a bit, but, uh, I, I like the other tournaments where you get like the Dodge City Tournament of Champions or the Spring Hill Invitational or, or the El Dorado where you, you see teams branching out and, and going to a different part of the state and seeing different kinds of competition. And it makes for some really good tournament fields and guys, uh, Hop in. What what are some tournaments that just really catch your eye? As hey, this this is going to be a tournament to just keep an eye on because we're going to see some some state caliber type of type of games. Yeah, you you mentioned you mentioned Dodge City and and you talk about history. The 80th tournament out there, the 80th tournament tournament of champions. It's it's a fantastic tournament. Uh, I've had a, it's been a long time since I've been out there to cover it, but. Uh, it always had some intrigue to it. It used to be back in the day uh, that there would be the David versus Goliath matchup. They would, they would arrange it where a small school would come in, a small school that had had some success the, the previous year. And, and I can remember teams like Leota and, and I'm, I'm trying to think Ingles has played in it. So, you know, that they've kind of moved away from that now. And it's more, uh, you're, it, the, the field now is 5A and 6A, but, but it's really, this one's an intriguing one just because of, of how good the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One. Um, has started off uh, in the Wichita area. Uh, Derby's going out there at, at seven and one, and they're ranked uh, fourth in Class Six A. They get to open with Dodge City, and that's you know Dodge City's not you know they've, they've got four losses, but but that's a that's a pretty tough opening draw for a, for a seven and one team. And then if they win, uh, you know they're going to get the winner of the May South Bishop Carroll game. And Carroll Carroll's on a four game losing streak against really good competition, but they 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 have shown some firepower early. That's going to be a tough test for May South. Uh, on the other side, Hutchinson, as I mentioned, is seven and zero. They'll play Newton. Uh, so you've got you've got a lot of uh, that Arc Valley Chisholm Trail. It's basically, a, you know, you mentioned a league tournament. Well, half the field is from Division One in the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail, which is kind of kind of an oddity. But there is Junction City and Shawnee Mission South. So you've got a you've got a statewide pull uh, to the, to you know team bracket as well. But I think there's going to be a lot of questions answered. Uh, you know, heading into the home stretch of the season, just based on can Derby get through that? Can Mace, you know, Derby's lone losses to May South? Well, there's a chance they could meet in the semifinals, and and an early chance for revenge there. And they're going to have one more league meeting uh, down the stretch. Hutchinson is is this seven and zero start for real? You know, if they can make it through three games out in Dodge City, I would say yes, that is very much for real. So. Uh, that's kind of the tournament that I'm going to keep my eye on. And, and you also mentioned the Eldorado Blue Stem Classic. I just think if a, if a Capen uh, collegiate uh, final happens, it'll be a real good test for both teams to to kind of see where they are. Uh, you know, Capen's still got a busy busy stretch of five days before they can get to get to Eldorado for that tournament, uh, you know, playing uh, uh, Wichita Northwest and then Wichita Heights. But, but uh, you know, Steve Eck, I don't think he's lost a regular season game yet since, he's, since he uh, has been at Capen. So, uh, those two are going to be ones I keep my eye on. Um, you know, I, I think those are the two that kind of stand out for, for the Wichita area. Um, you know, how about you up there in Topeka, uh, Brent? 
Yeah, you know, obviously the TIT is one that's always kind of a kind of a neat one because you, you have four city schools uh, and Topeka High, Topeka West, Highland Park, all the 501s, and then Hayden. And then you bring in four teams from outside the city. So you got Lawrence, Lansing, Wichita Southeast, and Shawnee Mission North. And, uh, you know, Lawrence comes in with a five and two mark. And they're, uh, you know, they're, they'll be put, taking on Topeka High. And then you got Topeka West, a six and one, and Highland Park's five and oh. And then, uh, you know, and Hayden's three and four, but with some good losses. So, you know, that one's always a fun one, just the, kind of the, the Topeka versus the world type of situation. Um, the Burlington Invitational, always a great tournament. Uh, I've gone down there many times and really enjoyed that tournament. And on both sides, it, you know, they do a boys and a girls. Usually this week is mostly just a boys tournament week, uh, except for like league tournaments and some other ones like Hillsborough, Sterling, uh, Salina. Those have, have, have boys and girls fields. But the, the bracket down there is really good. On the boys side, you got Sabetha 7-0, and Rock Creek 6-2, and Labette County 5-3. and And then on the girls side, Silver Lake seven and zero, Rock Creek seven and one, Independence seven and one. So um, that's a really, uh, really solid girls tournament and boys tournament down in uh, down in Burlington. And you know, I, in terms of and then the Twin Valley League, you know, obviously that one just kind of goes without spe- speaking. I mean, it's just always tough. Um, you know, so many good teams that that league is just the best class one, a league in the state, and uh, hands down, I think, uh, you know, Lyon County league is really good. But when you, when you look at that twin Valley league, it's, it's just a war uh, every night out in that league. And, and this year it's really good at the top of that league. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting tournament up at Washington County. But, you know, when you talk about schools going across, across the state, I don't think anybody covers as much as the Colby orange and black, where you've got Olathan North and Chanute headed to Colby I mean, that's, that's covering that's covering some uh, some ground for some some tournaments, but you know it's it's kind of cool that, that, that these schools get to go experience. I mean, nobody from Olathe ever is going to go to Colby for any other reason other than maybe to watch a basketball tournament. So it's kind of cool to kind of cool to see that, isn't it, Ricky? Oh yeah, it's it's awesome, and I think Colby's really excited. You know, like I said, they're off to an undefeated start, and they they get to test themselves against some teams that they're probably not familiar with, and you know, some bigger schools. So it'll be interesting to see if they can come through and in, in their own tournament. It'd be a huge huge confidence boost for them if they if they have success in that tournament. But yeah, that's that's always a good one. Hayes Hayes always is in that one every year. Um, you know that, so I'll be really intrigued by that one, and I'm always intrigued by the Mid Continent League tournament. Uh, I think this year it has a chance to be really good. Obviously, you know Phillipsburg girls are probably the favorite on the girls' side, and uh, you know on the boys' side, <coughs> excuse me, um, TMP, TMP. I think they're the defending champs, so you know I think they're they're probably the favorite. But always, always some really really close games um, that'll be played mostly at Trigo this this year. So. Those are those are the main two I've got my eye on, and also there'll be you know there'll be some other good league tournaments as well in my area. Yeah, the Hill, you know the Hillsboro Trojan Classic is always a great tournament too, and I know Scott, you went up I believe to that one last year. Um, you know it it's always a, a loaded field, and and again it brings brings teams from different parts of the state there. And looking on the girls' side, Hillsboro girls six and one, Eureka six and one, Remington six and two, Holcomb five and two, Clay Center four and three, Heston four and three. You know, those are your top six seeds on the girls' side and, and all either programs with really good records or really good tradition. And, on, you know, on the boys' side, 
you know, Heston boys, uh, Remington boys, Holcomb boys off to a really good start. So uh, that Hillsborough Trojan Classic always always is a great tournament. And, and Matt, your Kansas City schools kind of cross the border, uh, venture into into Missouri and, and, and even some of the southeast Kansas schools and the Ralph Miller tournament down in Chanute, uh, you know, Bishop Miege boys are headed down there. That one shapes up to be a great tournament. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of travel for me, and uh, I start wondering like where where am I going to pick up and go and go watch? I'm going to make the trips down to Bill Hansen tournament in Pittsburgh, or you know what I'm going to do. Uh, but there's actually one close to home that you know, is pretty exciting is uh, the Tonganoxie uh, Invitational. That you know you got a lot of frontier teams in there that are, are pretty good. You know you got the uh, for the you know. Uh, girls, you got uh, Eudora, Tonganoxy, uh, you got uh, Bonner Springs with M- Mariah Noel uh, is really good. Uh, you get Blue Valley West thrown in the mix. Lewisburg is having a really good year. Uh, and and then when you throw in an undefeated Wamigo, that one's going to be very fun to see who can and make it through there and, and make it on out. And then uh, uh, the Tony uh, Debray Classic is one that jumped over the state line going into uh, liberal Missouri and, uh, you know, St. Mary's Colgan. I, I should have mentioned that earlier is uh, one of the uh, teams to, to look out for. They're number two in 2A right now, uh, the girls team. And and uh, that's one that they, they make it to state every year they they got such a a good team uh and then they just uh, had a lot of uh just getting knocked out early uh but you know this year they they, they have some turnover in some of the uh key role players that have graduated but uh the core uh lily brown and lauren torrance uh, they're really, really good. They've been good. The, the moment they step on the court, uh, they've shown to be some, some high caliber players. Now, uh, Torrance is a, a senior Brown's getting to her junior year. Uh, it'd be very interesting to, to see how they end up, uh, matching up in that tournament and, and what they're able, uh, to do. Cause, uh, so far undefeated. And it's just one of those things of, yeah, you get those, uh, wins in the regular season and conference play what do you do when you face the best of the best? And that'll be a state where uh, that'll be a game where they get to play some from both sides of the state line, some really talented teams and get to see kind of where they shape up before they make it to uh, the postseason play. And uh, it, it'll be very interesting uh, to see for the uh, Bill Hansen one in Pittsburgh uh, boys side. You got Washburn Royal has been pretty good this year. Blue Valley Northwest is good pretty much every year. Uh, it, Pittsburgh right now uh, as as the host, uh, they're they're doing pretty good as well. Uh, just two losses on the year, and you know you start throwing in the the ones coming over from the Missouri side, Willard, uh, Owasso. Uh, that one will be very fun in the boys tournament, and then uh, on the girls side, it's mostly Missouri. So, uh, but but still throwing in a Blue Valley Northwest girls team, and then. I'm really looking for Olathe North. That'll be an interesting one because they are a top team every year. They look to be a top team this year. And then they had a couple losses to some Missouri teams. They lost to a really talented Olathe West team uh, on Olathe West uh, home court. So they ended up getting five, started 5-0, and lost 
three straight. Now they're trying to get back into the rhythm and going into that one, seeing what they can do when, uh, you know, potentially second rounder going up against uh, Kickapoo or Webster Groves. Uh, they have the chance to, to face some really talented teams that are from the Missouri side of the state line. So if, if Olathe North can get that going, it'll be interesting to see because I, I, I know they're better than a team that, you know, has a, a, a three-game losing streak. Uh, Alonzo Williams gets those girls ready to go. They put the pressure on with that full court press. Uh, that'll be a fun one to see down there in Pittsburgh, how they handle coming off some, some uh, tough stretch of the season. Absolutely. Should be a great tournament. It's going to be a great two weeks, uh, this week and next, this coming week. And then the following week, uh, mostly boys and a few girls tournaments this coming week. And then the next week, mostly girls tournaments with a, a handful of boys for league tournaments. Uh, you'll have Lion County league and the, SPIAA league tournaments uh, next week, but uh, it's midseason tournament time. It's fun time of the year. And then as soon as we uh, get through that, uh, you know, next podcast, we'll probably be talking a little bit about, uh, about the, the girls tournament week, what happened in the boys tournaments and, uh, and then start looking ahead to postseason. And so, uh, you know, that it's that time of year. We're uh, already kind of to the top of the mountain, getting ready to, to scale down the other side and, and definitely is the case uh, for swimming and wrestling, which that you know they'll compete their state championships in late February or very early March. And uh, you know, starting off with wrestling, you know, we've had a lot of great tournaments already this year. Uh, some really good ones. We got the Newton Tournament of Champions, which is always a tournament that's uh, tougher than a state tournament. I mean, if you win a Newton Tournament of Champion title, you've you've accomplished something. And Scott, you're planning to go up there. Uh, how excited are you to see the uh, Newton TOC this year? Well, I, I made it up there last year, and it was just a fantastic tournament. You had had great wrestlers from across the state. You had had a handful of wrestlers from Oklahoma, Missouri that that are that were top competitors in in their state, and and uh, uh, you know that tournament's been going on for sixty years. You talk about the the Dodge City tournaments, the McPherson tournaments that have just been around and been around you know forever in basketball, and, and Newton's certainly one of those. And, and, and on the wrestling side. Uh, they actually started a girls tournament last year and and the second you know we're taping this on a thursday the the second annual uh, girls tournament started today and and it's got a lot of the uh you know really good teams from across the state 17 teams uh washburn rule the 6a runner up last year is there and you've got wichita north which produced a couple state champions and uh uh, just some good individuals that'll be wrestling there today for on the girls side and on the boys side 31 teams from from uh uh, from three states, most mostly from Kansas, uh, uh, that'll start wrestling tomorrow. And uh, you know, I you just look at the list. It's got you've got Newton, which is which won it last year for the first time in a long time, and uh, you know probably could be considered a favorite to go back to back with a lot of the returning talent they have this year. Uh, you, you, you know, Norton, outstanding three two one A program every year. Uh, you've got Goddard. Goddard's of course the five A gold standard has won the last several. Uh, Derby number one in six A this year. I, I could just go on and on and on and and so th that's going to produce just some great individual matchups uh, over the next two days. Uh, maybe wrestlers from from different classes that'll meet in the finals and then you know kind of a it'll kind of have a grand state feel to it a little bit. Like you said, just a uh, you know you're going to get a good preview of the state tournament in a lot of the classes, but you'll also get some of those where where maybe a top wrestler in six A will meet a top wrestler in five A and. And uh, so it's really special. It's one of those those things. They dim the lights for the finals, and and uh, uh, 
just it really has a big time feel to it. And uh, so, you know, Saturday, I think it's 4.30 on Saturdays when the when the finals are scheduled to start for the boys' side. And, and uh, looking forward to being there for that. Yeah, you know, been some been some great matches uh, already this year. I know, Ricky, you went out to Dodge City last week for that tournament, and uh, you saw some good ones. And you know, Hoxie obviously is the we Scott mentioned Goddard the the Goddard the whole gold standard in Class Five A. Well, Hoxie obviously the gold standard in Class Three Two One A, and you know they went and competed against uh, against a lot of bigger schools at uh, at Dodge, and obviously. Uh, you know, that's a program that it doesn't matter what size it is. They're going to hold their own. And, and uh, Derek Johnson, uh, awfully impressive kid. Yeah, definitely. And he, you know, he he really tipped his hat to um, – this is going to be a tough name for me to pronounce, but Emporia's uh, Zarek Tungyorokin. Can you help me out with that one, Brent? I'm not sure anybody can. I'm not even certain. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm, I, see, I, 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 okay. I had to handle that one last okay. year, Ricky, and, I, and I, I apologize. Let's just call him X-Man because yeah. he's he's a well, well of a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good, good. That's a good moniker for him because he he is he is an astound, outstanding wrestler, and uh, you know Derek really tipped his cap because Zarek uh, moved up a class to get that challenge and face Derek Johnson, who's a three time state champ, and he'll be going for his fourth this year. Uh, you know, Derek. Derek, uh, they wrestled at 157. Zarek uh, usually wrestles at 150. Uh, you know, Derek really had a good performance there. He won, he won a, a, a decision. I think it was either 9-1 or 8-1. Uh, really stepped up and just wrestled a really good match. But Derek, it was a good test. It was a good test for Derek. I know he was really fortunate that uh, to get that good test. Uh, and yeah, he's just he's just a heck of a wrestler. And you know, you mentioned. Brent Hoxie kind of being the gold standard of, of you know, 3-2-1-A wrestling. They've kind of, you know, it used to be Norton, and Norton's still a really good program. But the, this last three three years, Hoxie has really, really, really been impressive. You know, they won by a record margin last year. I, I think they're equipped to maybe make another run at, 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 by winning state at a record margin this year. Um, uh, you know, Tate Weimer, he's a, he's a defending champion. Uh and then they have, you know, three other guys that that were runner up last year in Carson to Oaks, uh, Dayton Bell and Sam Watkins. And, uh, you know, Watkins really got a good, good, good match against uh, Dodge City's Luke, Lucas Barker, who's, uh, you know, he'll be going for his third third championship uh, this year. He's wrestling at 175 now. Uh, he's just a tremendous kid who's a North Dakota State. North Dakota State signee. So, um, yeah, it was just, you know, it was a really good tournament. I was really happy to make it out there. And then on the, the girls' side, uh, you know, they wrestle they wrestle that tournament at the same time. The boys were in the uh, Dodge City's indoor facility and the girls were in the, the gym. Uh, and uh, Dodge City girls are having a heck of a heck of a year. They've, they've won some really prestigious tournaments. Uh, they won the Baser, Baser Linwood tournament. So, uh, you know, West – Wrestling is really good out in Western Kansas right now, and it'll be really fun to watch some of these matches at state. Yeah, Hoxie was six kids ranked number one in their weight class this year. That's uh, <laughs> that's impressive, and you don't see that very often. And you know, another another one, you know, Scott Goddard is the gold standard in five A, but they're only ranked number four this year in five A. You got Mays and Newton. Uh, you know, we knew I think we knew Newton was going to be a a team worth reckoning. Uh, Reckoning with this year, but Mays uh, ranked number one, Newton ranked number two, and St. Thomas Aquinas ranked number three. Uh, 
you know, Goddard, if they're going to get another title, which, uh, you know, that's what they do, uh, they're going to they're going to earn it this year. Yeah. You know, Goddard last year uh, in those upper weight classes, they really finished strong in, the, in, in those. And right now in 5A, they don't have anybody ranked above 165 in the top six in the in the state wrestling ranking. So that, uh, you know, maybe that's. If you're looking for a chink in, in Goddard's armor, maybe that's where it sits this year after some some heavy graduation losses. But but uh, yeah, you mentioned Mays is number one, and and they're number one in the all class rankings, number one in five A, and and uh, uh, you know they they brought back uh, Connor Paget, outstanding football player who's who's ranked number one at one seventy five right now, uh, and then uh, Aiden Flores is number one at two fifteen, and and Aiden finished runner up last year uh, uh, after winning a regional title, another good. Another good uh, part of the uh, Mesa's football program. So, yeah, the Eagles. That you know that that you know when you talk about the team competition, Newton is one I mentioned earlier with with Nick Treister and and A. B. Stokes and and they really uh, Lucas Kaufman. They they are really good down there at the lower weights. Uh, Mays has those those two kids there at the higher weights, and um, yeah, that'll be. A, I mean, it it really will be a good preview for five A. I think and. Uh, you know, Goddard still got Jacob Goodwin, who's ranked number one at 144. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see the Lions really trying to let re- re- release that title uh, willingly. Uh, but uh, it just seems like down here in the Wichita area, whatever you throw a sport out there, a boys sport in 5A out there, and, and there's going to be plenty of teams lined up to to make to make a run at a state title. And that that's kind of what makes this Newton meet uh, uh, really really interesting this weekend for me. Yeah, you know, and Mays gets back. Nikalen Shabazz was a state champion two years right, ago right. And, and wasn't on the team last year. I don't remember all the circumstances about it, but that's like getting an impact transfer, uh, not, not necessarily out of the portal, but, you know, that's a, that's a good impact uh, addition for that team. So, you know, 5A definitely going to be uh, going to be fun to watch, uh, see how that shakes out. 6A, you know, Derby ranked number one, Garden City number two, Washburn Rural, which is the two-time defending state champion. They're only ranked number seven this year. They, you know, they suffered some big losses and kind of having to fill some holes. And and really, uh, you know, Easton Broxerman's been a great, uh, great wrestler for them. Probably their leader this year. Uh, he's ranked number two behind a fellow Centennial leader and state champion Ezekiel Witt. So, young uh, Washburn Rural will have to have some work to do to uh, to make up ground. Uh, in class 6a and go after another title and in class 4a you know andale i guess you just name the sport and then you just say andale because that's what <laughs> andale equals class 4a i think right now in the state uh that's they're you know just dominant they had a they had a really good tournament last week owen eck a two-time state champion was going up against tucker sell two-time state champion from abilene uh at 144 and and that handled him pretty good beat him by like a major decision so um, Andale just loaded with Eck boys. Uh, you got Owen Eck, you got Tran Eck. I think there's Kelby Eck. There, my heck, Steve Eck might wrestle for him, but uh, even though he spells it a little differently, but uh, you know, Andale very impressive. Uh, Riley Marks, uh, you, you just go down the list with those guys, and then Clay Center's had a really nice year. Uh, Brett Loader, Luke Young, and and uh, Taylor Feisenmeyer, some of their top guys. Uh, you know, Andale's one, Rose Hill two, Augusta three. Tonganoxie was a state champion last year. They're down at number five, but uh, 4A will be a great tournament uh, again this year, but Andale's really, really looking good. And then turning our attention to the girls, um, I had, from my area, I had a really good match earlier this year where uh, Kendra Hurla and Gabby Coppice uh, worked it out to go wrestle against each other. 
um, early in the season. Uh, you know, two returning state champions, both were undefeated last year. And, you know, I love it. I love it when somebody's going to step out of their weight class because they want to go challenge themselves and not worry about, hey, am I going to take a loss? But they're going to worry about, hey, what do I do to make myself better for the end of the season? And and uh, Gabby Coppas, the sophomore from Clay Center, who hasn't lost yet in her career, she beat Herla. And uh, it was a really tight match and a, a late, late uh, point got it for, for Gabby. And it was a really good one. But they're both ranked number one um, on their way towards uh, going after state titles again. I've got uh, a couple of Oskaloosa girls that have been just absolutely beasts this year, uh, both returning state champions and Holly Thatcher and uh, Allison King. And, and uh, you know, Thatcher's number one overall in the state at 105. King's number two in the state at 155 behind Manhattan Sage Rosario, who was the late transfer in from Georgia last year. Won a state title in Georgia, moved to Manhattan on a military transfer, won a state title in, in Kansas last year. And and she's a sophomore, and she's she's outstanding. I don't think she's lost anybody in Kansas yet this year. And so, um, some really good, uh, really good wrestlers across the uh, across the state. Uh, you know, Ricky said obviously Dodge City girls having a great year, but there's some girls up in the Kansas City area. When you talk about Olivia Steen and Michaela Rivera and Caitlin Hitchcock, uh, that are pretty pretty darn good too, aren't they, Mac? Yeah, and uh, throw Nicole Redman in there is a, another one that. Uh, you know, I, I think at this point, Steen hasn't lost a match in her high school career. Nicole Redman, I think, lost a couple as a freshman, but she she just uh went undefeated last year and is trying to do the same thing this year. And uh, I, Steen specifically is is fun because you were mentioning uh, jumping to a different weight class and and trying to see how you stack up. But it doesn't matter where Steam's at. If she she was at one seventy, uh, that's where she wrestles. But I, I went to the Lady Cat Classic, Baser Linwood. She went to one fifty five, and she steamrolled them. It didn't matter. Uh, she could move to whatever weight class she wants, and she's probably going to come out uh, the victor there. Uh, so you know, the, a lot of a lot of really good ones uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, teams with a, a chance to do some good stuff. Uh, you know, and in and, four and a, uh, it it's always Pratt. That's who's uh, you're gonna expect to to, to win. But uh, who's gonna try to push him? Who's gonna try to take it from him? Uh, I got Columbus uh, is a team right now that's uh, just uh, got a lot of uh, talented wrestlers uh, ranked right now. I think they have. Let me take a look here. I think I think it's five that are that that are ranked right now, and it's. Uh, you know, you got uh, a couple, uh, Addison Saparito, uh, it, it got to, uh, third at 120, uh, Jalen Rodriguez is, is second right now at 155. Uh, but the other ones, you know, they're somewhere between four and six. And so it's, it's, it, it's gonna be hard to imagine them, uh, being able to catch up to Pratt without having, uh, you know, a, a couple people that are going to get them into the, the finals, but who knows, maybe a couple of them might sneak in and get them there. Uh, the team that's three right now in four, one, a Baldwin, uh, is a, another loaded team, six girl or five girls ranked right now. And, uh, another one where it's, can one of these girls start to close that gap with the top competition? Uh, Maddie Hargett, uh, is third right now at two thirty-five. Uh, can, can she try to, to push up a little bit? Uh, Audrey Darnell at 140. Uh, if if one of those two can can find a way to to get themselves 
to state and then sneak in uh, to the championship, all of a sudden you're, you're putting together those points and you can get yourself a, a team trophy at the very least. So uh, th- those are two of the teams that I'm looking at at, at, at 4-1-A to, you know, don't know if they have a single competitor who's going to bring home a state title, but uh, definitely going to try to find a way to, to make some noise as a team at state. Yeah, I was talking with Damon Parker over the weekend, uh, ran into him, and we were talking about the, the tournament Rural just went to. They were over Blue Valley Southwest, and he just he just keeps remarking about how much the quality across the state, across the board, has improved in girls wrestling. He said, you know, we'd go to these tournaments, and it would be pin, 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 pin. And you still get a lot of pins, but uh, just the, the overall quality of girls wrestling in Kansas has just elevated so much from where where we, it was when we started this, a, you know, a few years back, and and it's only growing. I mean, you know, more and more, you know, more and more girls are getting involved in the sport, and it's just it's just really good to see, and uh, and we hope it continues. It's it's going to be fun to watch this sport uh, continue to progress, and and the quality just continue to get better and better to where you know these girls earning these state titles are, are earning it and in a, in a tough way and not just going out and winning, uh, winning real easily. Like you, you maybe saw the first year or two where we had the state tournaments. So, um, impressive, uh, impressive collection of talent on the girls side and boys side, you know, wrestling, obviously a huge sport in Kansas and it just continues to, to be uh, really good across the state and, uh, uh, swimming also, uh, deep into its season, they'll actually be the first, uh, sport to contest a, uh, a, a state championship in the in the winter we're about a month a little over a month away from the state uh, meet and in, uh, in swimming and uh, you know uh, a lot of the a lot of the top swimmers in the state come from the Kansas City and Wichita metro areas and uh, that's not not uh, not anything different this year uh, you know if you look at the uh, state overall uh, performance list it's just littered with kids from the uh, Kansas City metro and Wichita area and uh, Scott, we'll start with you. You went and uh, caught a meet last week at uh, at Andover, and and saw some uh, some high level swimming down at that meet that kind of set up a little bit of the, maybe a state preview. Yeah, I saw that one on the schedule, and and looked at the teams that were going to be there, and and uh, went there Saturday morning, and and you know just a, a, a swift two hour meet. It, they rolled right through it, but but what, I walked away there feeling, boy, there's going to be a lot of re- or a lot of swimmers here that. Uh, wrestlers a lot of swimmers here that uh, uh you're going to see atop the podium uh, you know when the state when the state championships roll around uh kind of the highlight was was getting to see wichita collegiate adam sandeed and and may south reagan richardson go head to head head in the 50 and the 100 freestyle uh you know the, those two they just had a had a great battle in the 100 freestyle at state last year with richardson winning that one kind of kind of an upset but uh sandeed the, the collegiate senior uh he he won both both of the matchups the other day. Swam a, a state best twenty one forty eight and in, in the uh, fifty free, and then and then came back and and edged uh, Richardson by about eighteen hundredths of a second in, in the in the uh, one hundred free, which ironically was the same margin of victory that that Richardson had over over Sandy last year at state. So uh, those two could go at it again in the hundred free this year. Although Sandy told me he's still kind of undecided on what that second uh, uh, individual event. Uh, will be that he'll pursue uh, for state. Of course, he set the state record, the state meet record in the 200 free, just an outstanding swim. Went, uh, one, went under 140 last year at state. Uh, just a tremendous talent. Uh, you know, he kind of joked to me that he felt out of shape the other day because he had, he had just gotten back from a from a holiday break trip to Cancun. And so, uh, 
you know, not bad, not bad for 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 coming out of the gate uh, to start the home stretch of the season to set a to set a state best in any event. But uh, uh, good individual battle there. Uh, you know, Andover Central was at that meet, and Andover Central's the last you know, winner of the last two five through one A team titles. Uh, they're still they're strong again. They had a couple losses last year to graduation, but uh, you know Brian Wynn, the sophomore, has been been an outstanding. He's been really productive for them, and and uh, Noah Kruger. They've they just got some. They still got plenty of depth. Uh, you know, ironically, we're uh, they haven't won a team uh, team title to me yet uh, yet this year. That's that's actually they've lost each time to Andover. They're crosstown rival. They share a, a pool with uh, there at Andover High School and. And Andover, I, you know, I'm still trying to kind of figure out. They're really good in the relays, and and they have some some outstanding uh, individuals in Jonathan Gott and, and David Gott and and Eli Connard, and and they, you know, the way they've performed so far kind of makes you wonder: Are they the biggest threat to to Andover Central's reign on five through one A this year? So uh, I'll be interested to see that. Uh, just a, it was a really good meet. There were some state bests set there the other day, but but uh, you know, kind of talking to Sandy and Richardson, that um, you know, it was basically. They just wanted to see who could touch the wall first. You know the times and things like that. Uh, they're not, they're not too worried about that at this point. Uh, uh, as Sandeed said, we pretty much have a meet every weekend uh, from here on out to state, and and uh, you know you they want to hit that stride in, in late February. And and Sandeed has some ambitious goals for the two hundred free. I think that's that's going to be one he he definitely wants to swim at state. Uh, you know, he told me 137 is what he has in mind, and and boy, if he can hit that market state, that that will be electric uh, for sure. Um, so those, you know, the, your Andover, Andover Central, Collegiate, um, having those teams at, at a meet was it was a real good state preview. And then I'd, halfway across town, Cape of Mount Carmel was winning the North Invitational, and and uh, you know they scored over 500 points in doing it. So Cape was the runner up last year, and and. Uh, they figure to be a, a another big threat to Andover Central here this year, and they've got Frank Alberti back, uh, a state champion, and and uh, he's swimming really well. And and like Sandeed is <clears throat> versatile enough to whatever you throw him in the pool to swim, he's he's really good at it. So um, you know that's uh, you know just I, I think that five through one A meet for sure is really going to be well represented by the by the Wichita area when it rolls around next month. Yeah, and then Class 6A uh, has a definite uh, Kansas City Metro feel to it. Uh, you look at the the uh, top performance list, and it's just one uh, one Metro school after another, after another, after another. You get Brock Wallace from uh, Wichita Northwest, one of the few uh, non-KC guys to really make it his mark. But for the most part, uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all up in your way, Mac, for uh, 6A swimming. Yeah, and it, it looks a uh, you know a lot like last year. A lot of the uh, you know uh, likely uh, contenders for that state title or teams that were at the top of the leaderboard at the end of last year's uh, state meet: Shawnee Mission East, uh, Olathe East, and you know uh, Scott was bringing it up earlier, talking about the difference between Andover Central and Andover with kind of that depth versus kind of. Uh, having some people that are at the top of the leaderboard able to punch high and get those points. And that was really the difference last year between Shawnee Mission East and, and Olathe East. Olathe East won more of the events, uh, but Shawnee Mission East, if they didn't win, they were right behind them. They'd get second or third. And then they had so many competitors who weren't just in the final race, but were getting points by making in the consolation. Just they, they had, uh, enough points to not just win. It looked like it might be close. And then I think the final score was like 235 Shawnee Mission East, 200 and 
some odd, uh, you know, not less than 210 for Olathe East, uh, end up being runaway because of those extra points. Even as Olathe East, you know, they win the the, the walk-off event, 400 uh, relay. And it, it, it'll be different this year because uh, at least from the outset, it's harder to see that depth advantage being nearly as big uh, in the top 25 list. Uh, Shawnee Mission East and Olathe East have about the same amount. They have about, uh, I think it's 20 for Shawnee Mission East, 19 individual entries for, for, for uh, Olathe East. And the only problem might be that I don't think Olathe East has quite as many of the front runners, but looking at it with, with East of, uh, you know, uh, right now there are 200 freestyle relays, only half a second behind Olathe Northwest for the best time uh, in, in 6A. Uh, you got uh, three divers in the top five. That was one. Sean mentioned he's got the win, and they weren't. Uh, I, I think uh, this last year uh, they had a, a couple that were five or six, maybe. Uh, but now Braden Roberts is number two in dive. Uh, Peter Steckschult number three. Kyle Becker number five. So those are some points that you might not have uh, seen coming for them. And then uh, you know, w- with that depth. They still had Evan Deedy as an individual champion, a uh, hundred breaststroke, and nobody's clearly that front runner this year. But uh, Jack McClellan has been on the edge of the top five for two hundred free, for five hundred free. Uh, Coleman Stevens is uh, in that top five area for the fifty free. Uh, Zane Lang in the uh, hundred backstroke. So they have some guys that'll they'll definitely get themselves in contention for an individual state title, but, uh, you know, not, not those clear front runners that they've, they've had in years past late the East, uh, you know, as I mentioned, maybe can close that gap on the depth a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if they can get as many people at the top. Uh, they have a uh, top four time in all three relays, which will be huge for them. That can bring some, some really good points. Uh, if they have one standout, that's uh, going to get them ability to get some individual state titles, Kobe Otera, uh, he, he has a uh, top time in the 50 free fourth in the hundred free, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting cause last year he was the consolation winner, uh, in each of those races, he took ninth. Uh, and so, you know, he knows what it feels like to win, but not the championship race. Uh, if he can uh, pull that off in one of those two, that'll be really helpful. But if there's a team that's stacking up at the top of the leaderboard that might give them a run for their money, it's Blue Valley Northwest. They're starting to move in to the, the title discussion. They have the top time in the 200 medley relay, in the 400 freestyle relay. Uh, Micah Churchill has four top five times, first in the 100 fly, second in the 500 free, uh, and in the 200 individual medley. So he's a guy that right there could potentially uh, take home I have four uh, golds. He's got himself right there uh, uh, in there. It'll be interesting to see which individual races he chooses to to, to run at state. And then uh, Demarcus uh, Derensburg, uh, he's first in the hundred breast. Uh, and then him and uh, Jack Schreiber of Blue Valley West, uh, they're the only ones close to breaking the one minute mark uh, in the hundred breast, which. Uh, that was the one Evan Deedy ended up uh, doing last year where they had three guys that were chasing like 56 seconds. So uh, not quite as fast this year uh, as it, those top times uh, 
top times this year is a little bit slower, but he's uh, right there at the top of him. He can beat Jack Schreiber out uh, for that one. Then those points are going to stack up for Blue Valley Northwest pretty fast, and that might be the the team that can uh, come in and both have depth. They have about twenty top twenty five entries, uh, just like Shawnee Mission East and Olithies, but they've also got those two guys at the top of the board that. Uh, you know, that, that'll be really helpful. You had the depth, you had the ability to punch high in some of these races. And all of a sudden that can help you end up be the one that I, I, they finished sixth last year and uh, pencil them in as a, a, a team trophy winner and potentially get themselves a state title. If, if things fall their way. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this shapes up uh, for my area. I've got, I've got the uh, two-time reigning 5A state champion in diving and Braxton Higgins of Emporia. And, and so far, he's uh, far and ahead uh, uh, the leader in diving in, in Class 5-1A this year. Uh, just He's he's just phenomenal. So he'll, he's well on his way towards uh, accomplishing the three-peat. But uh, Shawnee Heights has had some nice, uh, nice swims. Uh, Luke Perkins uh, was a state runner-up last year in the Butterfly. Looks like he'll be a top contender for a title in that uh, again this year and, and also a good, good contender in the backstroke. Uh, so swimming uh, really, really steaming towards the, the finish here. And uh, we'll actually have one activity that, that wraps up this week. Uh, debate has its state championships this weekend. Uh, Class 6A and 5A will be at um, – at Washburn Rural High School and and three four A and three I believe at Wichita Collegiate does that sound right guys I believe that's correct but uh, looking at uh, looking at uh, at state debate uh, in Class six A your regional champions were Free State Shawnee Mission South and Washburn Rural with Washburn Rural being the defending champion um, in that in five A your your regional champions were Blue Valley Southwest DeSoto and Mays. Your 4A regional champions were McPherson, Bishop Miege, and then 3A, 3 through 1A, all combined together. Your regional champions were Nickerson and Wichita Collegiate. And Collegiate and Washburn Rural are two programs that have just dominated this activity over the last decade. Uh, they are the standards, and uh, it'd be a surprise if they uh, if they don't go on and, and win the state titles again this weekend. Uh, Washburn Rural was seven and one at its regional, but look at schools like Shawnee Mission South, Blue Valley West. They were nine and one at regional. Free State was nine and one. So rural could get pushed a little bit in the in their region. Um, in five A, Blue Valley Southwest was ten and zero at, and uh, I believe they're the defending state champion. Um, McPherson was eight and zero in their region. Bishop Miege nine and one, and then Collegiate was two and zero in their regional, which just only had, uh, had a couple other teams. Um, and then, uh, and then Nickerson and Sacred Heart were both five and one in their region. So state debate this weekend, scholars bowl will be coming up here in early February as well. We'll have state champions crowned in, in those activities and, uh, some really good competition, uh, coming up this weekend for state debate. So that's a little mid-season athletic report and uh, touch on touched on some activities as well. Um, also check out our CapFed True Blue Student of the Weeks that run every single week. Uh, this week's was Harrington's Sophia Weber, a girl that wants to 
kind of following our shoes a little bit. She wants to be a sports broadcast uh, major. Uh, I'm glad she didn't say print journalism because uh, we could all uh, maybe steer her away from that. But she wants to be on the broadcast side of things. And, uh, boy, that girl, in talking to her, the uh, personality just oozed through the phone. And, and, man, she just had energy beyond energy beyond energy. And talking to some of her teachers and and some of the – some of the people at her school, I mean, they, they, they say that she's the kind of person that people just won't say no to. If she says, hey, you, I need you to do this, they'll do it because they respect her so much. So uh, it was a really a pleasure to talk to Sophia Weber. And I know all of us, whenever we talk to these uh, True Blue Students of the Week, uh, sponsored by Capital Federal, um, we really, really run into some neat, interesting people that uh, like don't usually have the spotlight shined on them, but certainly are doing some great things at their schools. So check out all of our True Blue Students of the Week that we've had uh, throughout the year and even go back and check out last year's. Uh, we've had some great kids doing great things at their schools, and we really appreciate uh, uh, their time and the efforts that they're putting into making their, their schools and Kansas, uh, Kansas schools uh, really great places. So um, we'll tune in to you in a couple weeks. We'll be back in a couple weeks. And uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Case You Covered podcast.